As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Like this throw right here. It's Adams again! The connection and the touchdown! 73 yards! Be violent. Go get it. Don't let nothing stop you. Gotta fight for everything. It's Hogan Johns. It's really cool just to see how much the city of Chicago, you know, the Bears organization, the Bears fans, show love to a family that they barely even know. It is amazing. I love it. From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hope. Adam Ho. There's no ducking anybody in the NFL. No. Like, the Lions still have NFL players. And from the, from the Athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. You know, hasn't Justin Fields done enough to at least pique your interest to see what he can do yeah. with them, too? It's the Adams. That's the best in the city of Chicago. Hogan Johns. The Adams converge. And we are underway. What's up? Welcome in a podcast with breaking news right away, an in-season trade. Doesn't happen a whole lot, Adam Johns. Never, really. Bears got a new kick returner, new punt returner. Yes, they have. They have traded for Tyreek Hill. It's a huge deal. <laughs> the offense is back, and the Bears are going to the Super Bowl. Matt Nagy finally has the Chiefs offense. About time. Uh, no, kidding. he has a different, uh, smaller, wide receiver running back type special fast guy that, uh, well, another team is trying to get rid of. So um, Special yeah. fast guy? I like that. Well, they, they That's keep some scout to... lingo for you right there. That He's a special fast guy. Well, you know, we've heard all offseason about, like, the various bird. How many catches does he have through four games? Are you saying not so special fast guy? I'm just saying these uh, a lot of these... He's got now. Look, okay. So this trade, uh, Jakeem Grant, who's actually a, he's a pretty good returner, actually, for being honest. So this was a this says it's kind of a neat. I actually like this trade for the Bears. Uh, they give up a six round pick in twenty twenty three. So like, I don't know. Given the current situation, if you're Ryan Pace, you were like twenty twenty three. Yeah. All right. I mean, Want something twenty twenty four? Yeah. I've had it. I don't think I'm gonna miss that one too much. Uh, probably not. Yeah. So um. They trade a six-round pick for Jakeem Grant, who they just saw at Soldier Field and Hallis Hall in August. Uh, he had a 34-yard punt return against the Bears in that game where they couldn't really cover anything on punt. Um, and meanwhile, I don't know if you noticed in the game, I put this in my 10 Bears things. Simba Webster had like, he was pulling the Ted Ginn Jr. from last year. 
where like he just had no interest in catching the punts the other day. I I, I don't I don't understand what why they're allergic to the football sometimes, but that was an issue again. And if we learn something from the Ted Ginn experience, you do that and you're off the team. Right. Almost immediately. <laughs> now, the difference is uh, Simba Webster is actually proving to be a pretty decent gunner, so I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. But this does seem like a, an obvious upgrade for uh, the Bears to, to bring Jakeem Grant in. And you also wonder, with the situation, uh, David Montgomery getting hurt, uh, that's the other news this morning, which is was kind of expected, not quite as breaking. But, uh, you know, it sounds like an MCL sprain for David Montgomery, and he's going to probably be out you know, somewhere between four to six weeks with these things, as uh, we talked about the other day, I think um, being the normal time frame. So that could mean more carries for Khalil Herbert, who's the kick returner. And you wonder if Jakeem Grant might be used there. Now, he hasn't really returned a whole lot of kicks since 2019. That was the last time he was the Dolphins full-time kick returner. But he does have the ability to do both. And he has, um, I think he has three, let's see, his three punt return touchdowns in his career and two kick return touchdowns in his career. So a total of five. And in today's NFL, that's actually pretty impressive. It's damn good, actually. It is. Damn this good. is his sixth season. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it there. It, it's um, This is also related to the David Montgomery news and his lack of availability. He's going to be missed. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later in this podcast, but obviously... I think he's one of the best running backs in the NFL, and you're going to need Khalil Herbert, the rookie from Virginia Tech, to carry the load a little bit, even just share the load a little bit with Damian Williams. But I also want to add, what do you think this means for the Tariq Cohen situation? We know this hasn't looked good for a, a bit here. Obviously, there is more damage to that knee, or there was a setback to that knee. We, we know that um, by now, but I don't think it looks good for Tariq Cohen's return anytime soon, does it? No, because they basically just traded for Tariq Cohen. I mean, it's really, I mean, put it. Yes, yeah, five seven, one hundred seventy-one pounds, speedy guy who. Can What's his nicknames? Kicks. Let's look at his nicknames. Does he get chicken salad, human joystick, anything? No, like wait, that? wait, wait, wait. I actually just where did I just see that? I did see he has a nickname, um, Mighty Mouse. Okay, which is a sweet nickname. Not bad. Not bad. I like Mighty Mouse. Um, oh, yeah, no, gosh, I remember the days when Tariq Cohen's nicknames were storyline? Oh, yeah. Another time. Yeah, the uh, John Fox days. Yeah, 2017, 2018. <laughs> chicken um, salad. Yeah, chicken salad. Yeah, he's not coming back anytime soon, everybody. No, going to be a bit. I, I thought that that was pretty evident when we saw him and didn't see him in training camp. But when we did see him, he wasn't really doing anything. Um, he's eligible to come off pup. Week seven, which is two weeks away, and I don't think you'd be trading for a different returner if you're two weeks away from Tree Cohen being Tree Cohen. So it's going to be a while there, and I think um, that's pro- that's one of many reasons why. I think we just came up with three reasons why the Bears should make this trade or did make this trade, and they gave up a six round pick in two years. So okay, that works. Yeah, yeah. If you're Ryan Pace, yeah, you answer a lot of questions that you have in your roster, and you give up a pick that may not even be yours in a couple of years. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, well, you know, it's not about kidding. I mean, it's a possibility. Based on what's going on right now, sure, it's a possibility. Um, all right. The, uh, yeah, the, uh, should, should we, let's see, let's, let's, let's cheer things up a little bit here before we get to the somber David Montgomery news. There was a, a victory the other day. There were voicemails that came in. Uh, should we play those first? Yeah, yeah. Let's make this a feel-good podcast for a little bit. 
Well, assuming people are actually happy about what happened the other day, I don't know. Sometimes we get angry callers. A lot of times we get normally we get angry callers. So let's see let's see what they had to say this week. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hoggy Cat, John Zephyr, Kenny G back there on the sound stuff. This is our Bob the Proskis calling back in from beautiful Chicago, Illinois, in beautiful Soldiers Field, downtown Chicago. Gotta love it here. Uh, boys, turns out this Justin Fields kid is number one. He can throw the ball. Um, given the chance to throw it deep, he does. It's amazing. I love it. We got the Bears up seven here going into the second quarter. And, uh, I mean, this is just exactly like what everybody thought. It's going to be a rocket show explosion team. Bears by a billion. Let's go, Bears. 14 and 2, whatever now, 15 and 2. That's the record. That's what we're going for. Super Bowl, Super Bears. No doubt about it. Let's go, Chicago Bears. Monty, Monty, Monty. Get it. It's Jay from Connecticut. Hey, Matt Nagy is not calling plays. Outcome. Touchdown. Next series. Touchdown. Keep it rolling. Got to get some more touchdowns. Bear down. Hey, uh, it's about three minutes left to go in the second quarter here, and, um, this defense is looking a little, uh, what's the word, opportunistic. I like it. Bear hound. Well, it's halftime and Nagy's still employed. I guess I'm happy about that. Oh, Johns, this is Tom from New Jersey. Definitely not Matt Nagy calling the plays here. Got to be Bill Lazor. Run the ball. Feed Montgomery. You play off that. Go Bears. Hugo in Indianapolis here. The Lions, they're awful. There's no way around it. Just having a competent quarterback is so different. What's up, guys? I just have a sanity rule check here. Are we allowed to throw more than two 25-yard passes in one drive? Is that, is that always been allowed, or is that a new rule? Bear down. No shot Nagy is calling these plays. Setting up uh, the play action with a run, Nagy, the best move you ever made was finding yourself as play caller again, even if it's, quote, internal. Hogan Johns, you guys will win the award if you guys ask him about it after the game. Love you guys, bye. Hogan Johns, first time new caller, big fan of the show. I uh, just wanted to say how pumped I am. The Bears are looking fantastic today. Uh, the supporting cast is looking great. Justin Fields has a lot of support out there. But I also want to add, it seems evident now more than ever that Matt Nagy needs to go. Ryan Pace to Matt Nagy after the game. So what is, is it exactly you do here? Because, wow. Josh from Indianapolis. Justin f***ing Fields, baby. He is the future. I don't want to see Andy Dalton another game. Trade him for a draft pick. Bear down. Bears one. Just uh, sucked for Montgomery. It's terrible, but next man up. Also, why carry so many tight ends on a team if you don't even use them? Nagy brought the visor back. That brings the wind back. I got to tell you, my heart rate was a constant 110 for most of the second half of that Lions comeback. But the boys got the dub, and our Messiah, Justin Fields, 
is going to Club Dub for the first time as QV1. How about them Bears? Justin Fields, baby! That's what I'm f***ing talking about! Bears, Bears, Bears! There it is. A lot of excitement. It was a win. So I spent a lot of time like watching Nagy during that game because it became pretty obvious that he wasn't calling the plays early on and you know, you see him with his play sheet down, play calls going in. Obviously, Justin Fields is getting that from Bill Lazor. But just to see his interactions be a, di- be a bit different on the sideline, I-, I think it's important. Because I think you and I have talked about this several times, about how he's a, he's, a, he's a pretty good head coach. I don't think there's any disputing that. Winning record, keeps his guys together. His teams always seem to fight back. But the play calling, of course, is suspect. I think it's a positive um, for Nagy himself as begrudgingly and as tough as it was for him to fire himself again. Like, that's a step in the right direction for this team. If Matt Nagy can accept just being a good head coach and let Bill Lazor orchestrate the offense on game days. And I just don't... Look, I'm not Matt. So, I obviously, the play calling thing is something that's very important to him. And he kind of had to skip over that part of his career, right? He did it for five games in Kansas City, and then he gets his head coaching job. So he was never really a play-calling offensive coordinator. Um, And so he wanted to be the play-calling head coach here in Chicago. But it just hasn't gone well. And your first job is to be the head coach. So you got to get that part down. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We weren't able to get this audio. I was hoping to play it, um, but it was on the uh, the coaches show, the Bear, the WBBM Bears coaches show that Jeff Doniak does with the Matt Nagy every week. And I was uh, driving home from from uh, Carmel practice last night, and I'm listening to this. And uh, I'm just gonna we don't we don't have the audio, so I'm just gonna have to kind of relay what he said. But it, you know, it was along the lines of it, Nagy was just talking about all the things he was able to see during the game because he wasn't calling plays. And he gave a very specific example that I, I thought was very notable. And the play was the toe tap that, or the toe drag that Allen Robinson had on the Bears' sideline, which happened right in front of Nagy. And he said, I knew right away it was a catch. I saw right there, was watching, knew he had his feet in, but we were able to run to the line of scrimmage and force the Lions to challenge the play because 
they they hustled to the line of scrimmage, which, by the way, was something I don't think they did very well a couple of years ago. They, they improved it last year. That was one of the things I actually noticed they improved last year, and they have continued to do, so that's a good thing. But Nagy knew that even though he knew it was a catch, they still ran up to the line of scrimmage and forced the Lions to challenge it quickly because it was a big play in the game, and they ended up burning a timeout. That is effective gamesmanship, right? That That is... It's effective head coaching. Yes, yes. And just how different is it that, like, just use Allen Robinson as an example again. That deep ball that he dropped against mm-hmm. the the Bengals, right, from Justin Fields. Nagy didn't see it. Nagy said he didn't see it. He was already looking for the next play call. And I think Justin Fields provided the best example yet why Nagy has to continue with this process. The calmness of Bill Lazor's voice. Being in the box, not hearing Nagy have to deal with other things, defense, special teams. That helped Justin Fields. If it's good for Justin Fields, Adam, it's good for the Bears and it's great for Matt Nagy. And that's the thing. Like, I know Matt probably wants to be like the QB guru with Justin Fields and they go on to have tons of success here in Chicago, but you can still be that pairing. Without calling the plays. Yes. You could still be that guru. You're still playing a role in his development. I, I, look at look at Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, right? He's not the offensive play caller. They're still forever going to be the greatest head coach quarterback pairing in the history of sports. So, you know, it's you don't have to have the play calling. You just have to win games. Like, if you win games as a head coach and Justin Fields is playing well as a quarterback, it's going to be a great thing for everyone. Yeah, yeah. change your plan. And, and and so I just found that, and I'm, and I'm glad this came up again because it was actually something that I had in my notebook last week that we forgot to talk about. After the Browns game, we got back to our hotel, Johns, and I, I don't know if you heard this. I, I know we were both watching the, uh, well, at least I was watching the Sunday night football game. It was the Packers 49ers game. And Chris Collinsworth was talking about how he was talking about where Kyle Shanahan stands. Now, Kyle Shanahan calls plays. But this was something I wanted to bring up even before we knew Nagy was giving up play calling because it, to me, it was still a fundamental problem when you hear him say that he didn't see Allen Robinson's drop in the end zone. Then you hear a week later, Chris Collinsworth is talking about how Kyle Shanahan stands all the way at the end and watches the defense on every play. He's watching the opponent's defense. He's not even watching what his guys are doing, but his eyes are on the defense on every single play, which is normally what you're looking at from up in the press box. But we've seen so much from, and I'm not saying Nagy's not looking at the defense. I'm just saying we we this has been a thing going back a couple years, actually. You've noticed it. I've noticed it. You see it on TV. Oftentimes, even when the play is happening, he's already moving on to the next call and looking at what he's going to call. And he has to go back to the tape to really see what's happened. And by the way, it's just hard in general to see what's going on down on at the field level. Like, it's way easier up in the booth. But you can't coach be the head coach up in the booth. So this is something that all head coach play callers have to deal with. I'm just saying that when you hear like what Kyle Shanahan's doing, even as he's calling plays, and then you hear Nagy talk this week about all the things he was able to see after he gave up play calling, 
It's just when you look at it in hindsight, sometimes that's obviously easier to do. It just this seems like a no-brainer. You just think of those instances where it seems like the Bears are getting the play call in late during the play clock, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're hustling. You're, you're watching that play clock. Oh, they're not going to get this off. Here comes another bad timeout. There's examples of that. Probably because he's, there's all sorts of communication going on in Nagy's audio. It's okay to simplify the process for your quarterback. It really is. It really is. I, I think the Bears are going to be better off off for it. I think Matt Nagy will soon come to realize, I hope, that he's better off for it too. Well, and I specifically remember talking about this last year when for weeks, you know, the storyline was, should Nagy give up play calling? It wasn't even should he. It was he needs to do it. But he wasn't doing it, right, uh, until he finally did. But I remember saying at the time, like, I don't know that the play caller is going to change much because nobody's blocking anybody. Like, the offensive line is a mess, and you can't call plays when the offensive line's not blocking. But what I kept saying as well was it still will help Matt be a better head coach, which is also what that team... And this was a year ago when we were talking about this. And I firmly believe that at the time. And sure enough... Like, Bill Lazor takes over, and the offense was a mess against the Vikings, and that that was probably the worst game of the year because nobody was blocking anybody. So it didn't necessarily fix that, but it did help as the season went along. Um, Eventually, the offense came around, but I also thought that helped Matt as a head coach. So I I have to say, I, I was a little... I wasn't necessarily surprised when Matt came out in the offseason and said, yeah, I'm going back to being the play caller, I was a little surprised that he had decided on it so quickly, though, and announced it so fast. Like he was absolute in it? Well, I'm forgetting when that was. Was that... Uh, well, I think that was... I think that was... Well, before training camp and all that stuff. So I it mean, was, that, Well, it was back in the spring. I yes, know that. Yes, there was early, early clarity on it. Uh, truthfully... People talk about ego and stubbornness and stuff like that. I just think sometimes it's just fun for him. You know, like I've, I've well, thought about this one. a bit. He yeah. likes it. It's fun. He, he likes, likes doing, doing it. it. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's come out and said that. And I think that's part of it. it. He has fun doing that. Now, I think he has more fun when it's working. It hasn't been working, so it's got to be less fun for him. But um, it's good for the Bears. You know, it, it's so evident that it's good for his quarterback right now. I'm not sure it's going to last. One game is a small sample size, but we saw it work for Mitch Trubisky when things weren't clicking for Trubisky and Nagy. See what happens, man. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm going to die on this hill, but you kind of mentioned it earlier, and I still believe it. I, I still think he can be a good head coach. I think a lot of people are quick to be like, you know, forget the record. Look at that defense. 2018. That's why he's got that great record. That was Vic Fangio, and I get that. That's a great argument. But that club dub stuff, the booms, the dancing, that's all from Nagy. Like, he held dance-offs in the locker room. Yeah, roll your eyes at that if you want, but that's all an extension of, of Nagy, and maybe we are guilty of giving him a little too much credit on this, but you know what? They have not had a losing record under Nagy. They've made the playoffs twice. They've not won in the playoffs, but they've still been in it. That's better than not. That's better than not being in it. That means something, does it not? That has to mean yeah. something. I, I I think it does. I, I but I also I I still want to see more of this setup, right? Where you actually have an offensive coordinator calling the plays. You can still have a huge hand in it. Hey, coaches should. 
Head coaches should have a say. What, in what's, what's that going John on. Fox quote? We play it all the time. You got it. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, putting me on the spot here, but yeah, of course, of course, of course, I got it. You know, I'm not an office coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. It's a funny quote, but I also, as much as we play it in jest, I do understand what he's saying. Yes. Yes. Because I also understand, as bad as it sounded, I also understand what Nagy was trying to say after the game on Sunday, how all it all ultimately comes through him as the head coach. I didn't necessarily think that was the time and place to say that. Maybe Monday would have been a better time to remind everyone that, or Wednesday or later in the week. I thought after the game, the best thing to do is probably give Bill the credit yes. that he deserved. Give your players the credit he deserved and move on. So that was admittedly a little... Cr- now, full disclosure on that. So I was you were in the press conference room. I was not. I was down the hall because they had set up a second uh, area for players to talk and we were doing a lot of sitting around over there. Let's just be honest. So I was watching the presser on my phone because it was being live streamed. And when he said that, I was like, well, I get what he's trying to say, but this is a little cringeworthy. It's, it's, it's not the moment. I, I think I, I think there's a naturally defensive instinct that goes up for that, that comes into play for Matt Nagy when it comes to play calling. Yes. Like that's his instinct to be defensive about it because like everything we just said prior to this, he loves doing it. He wants to do it. All that stuff. Um, now the first question wasn't as direct, you know. It just mentioned changes, so it gave Matt an opportunity to dance around with it, with his answer a little bit. Now the second follow up, which came a little bit later, was more direct, and then he got direct with his answer. You know, Bill did a good job, and I think that was the quote right there. Everybody went with it, but then he offered more than that. Like he started to dance around with his answer again. Um, not the right time or place. I think he deserves criticism for taking that tact, but I do think some of that is his natural instinct to be defensive as a person when it comes to play calling, which we know he wants to do. What question are you asking me? I think just the way he talks about it, you can tell like it's it's a sensitive thing for him. Yeah, it is. It's his pride has been wounded. And by the way, I get that. Like I, I there's no problem with that. I get it. I get it, but if you're winning games, then who cares, right? Like, it's... And see, I I like to believe that he knows that. He gets that. Right. Right? Like, Um, I just... Did you see the firestorm yesterday nationally on this? Yes, and I knew there would be. Yeah, I I knew the second he said it. Oh, yeah. I I even said it to one of the, you know, the Bears employees. I'm like, might be in trouble on that one. You know, like... It, that one's gonna that one's gonna hurt a little bit once um, once the national media and, and look right or wrong Nagy's become I'm I'm actually amazed at how Justin Fields has made the Bears so relevant nationally all like the, every day they're like I mean you had you had Tom Brady returning to Foxborough. And that was by far the number one story, but it was like right after that, number two is Justin Fields and Matt Nagy, like right back <laughs> yes, in the place yes. it is every single day, it seems like, yeah. on these on these talk shows. Yeah. That's what I put in my column. I, I had this line, like even when he wins, he loses, because this is what happens. Like by providing that answer, I knew he was going to become a target again, especially coming off that Cleveland game where everybody naturally wanted to fire. We knew it wasn't going to happen in Chicago. 
But here we are again. Um, but but I also, and, and I get it to a certain extent from Nagy's standpoint, where the way you just put it, like even when he wins, he's going to lose. Like, let's say this offense takes off, which I'm not I'm very clear. I'm not predicting that to happen. But let's just say hypothetically Justin Fields stays the quarterback. They are able to build on what they did last week. They win some games here. Maybe they pull off a win against the Packers or the Bucks. Again, not things I'm saying are likely, but if it happens and all of a sudden the Bears are being seen in a more positive light, there's always going to be that but. Uh, but it only happened when Matt gave up play calling. You know what I mean? Like that's always going to be the asterisk, even if like if the offense starts to work, it's going to be uh, because Matt gave up play calling. Fair or not, because there's a lot more that goes into it. I understand like that part of it, like the human nature part of it for Matt, because well, as you put it earlier, like the, like some of your pride's being wounded in that yeah. happening. Well, think about like the week he just went through. Not now, I'm gonna play devil's advocate for Matt Nagy here. Think about the week he just went through. I mean, Dan Orlovsky just fired him on national television like five times over, right? I mean, he's he being, did it in the middle of the game on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's being ripped to no end. Matt is very self-aware. When it comes to these things, I know a lot of these coaches say they don't read stuff. Um, players say the same, but they're all self-aware. Even if it comes via text messages from family and friends, or laying in bed with your spouse and it comes up on TV or something like that, like they're very self-aware of their own vulnerabilities, especially when it comes to like their jobs, the quarterback development. Like Matt Nagy's aware of this, so. Think considering all that, like now I can understand why he takes this John Fox like approach to his press conference. It's like, hey, like I may not have been calling a place, but I got a hand in this too, guys. It, again, it yeah. doesn't. It's not, I would not go with this tact that day on Monday because right, I think it was the timing that was the yes, problem. Yes, yes, maybe on Wednesday. I, I understand the human nature of this. Great point with you, human nature. Um, it's okay to be defensive, but the timing of his defensiveness. I didn't like, and I knew it was going to fuel all those naggy haters out there, whether it's the fans on social media or all those in national media, even locally. You know, I'm not an office coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. But again, if Matt, Matt said last week that he's always going to do what's best for the Chicago Bears, right? And I think that that's true. It's just not necessarily easy for him in this case, right? Like he's he's willing to do it. He did do it. He didn't just say it. He did do it. He did give up play calling again. He did fire himself for the second time as the, as the play caller. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it was easy for him to do. Um, and I think that that raises fair concerns too about what happens the rest of the season because he is going to have a hand in it. And is there going to end up being like any week's hard after you lose? Not every play is going to be perfect. There's going to be struggles. Are there going to be weeks where everybody's seen eye to eye on what the game plan should be? And well, they I shouldn't though. Well, no, 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 no. I, I, and that's true. There should always be disagreement and collaboration, right? To come to, but. If it's resulting, no, you didn't just use that word. But go ahead. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> but if it's resulting in con possible conflict on game day, then that's not healthy. And 
I'm not saying that that's what I think is going to be a problem. I just think it's a fair question to bring up. And this is the NFL. And we do see this every single year on multiple teams. It's always a storyline somewhere in the NFL. And when you throw in a rookie quarterback and apparently, you know, still this quarterback controversy is funny that the, usually it's like the fans and the media that create the quarterback controversy. Like in this case, it's the Bears. Right. Like he went up there and I thought I had a feeling he was going to do it. But like he had to say the one thing on Monday that was going to piss everybody off. Stick it to our plan. Andy Dalton when healthy is our starter. Oh. I don't know. And that's why I tried to calm everyone down. Like, Good luck with that. I know, but I tried. Like, Let's stop worrying about what he's saying on Monday and who's actually playing on Sunday because I think there's a difference. Now, uh, sort of just a hunch this week, but like, I don't know. Who do you think starting on Sunday? Justin Fields. Yeah, I think Justin's starting too. The guy who provided four explosive plays for your offense with his arm. I had five. Five... uh, this was in my 10 Bears things too. Five uh, throws of 20 plus air yards. Yeah. Uh, Andy Dalton so far this season has zero. Oh, yeah. No Mitch bueno. Trubisky last year had seven total the whole year. Justin has six already on the season. He had five the other day. Okay. So that was my point on Twitter with what I tweeted. So, yeah, he said Andy Dalton's still the starter when healthy. He also talked about and has talked about over and over again the need for explosive plays. And he talked about how Justin Fields provided that. And I don't have it in front of me this second, but Andy Dalton um, essentially averages one of those throws, those throws I'm talking about, 20-plus air yards where the ball travels. It's a completion where the ball travels at least 20 yards in the air. Okay? Andy Dalton averages one of those like every 32 throws. Going back to 2017. That's like one a game. You're you're averaging, depending on how many times you throw. In this case, Justin threw 17 times the other day. So that would have been like two games. 17 passing attempts, five of them. Five of them were 20 plus air yards. I put this in my um, five takeaways column. I think it's up right now on theathletic.com. Um, this has been a trend for Andy Dalton too. Like there's been a decrease. Like I get that maybe this year's a small sample size if you want to have that type of argument, but everything you just said again shows that it's not. I mean, his attended air yards per pass attempt since 2018 is decreased from 8.1 to 7.6 to 6.8 to this year, a whopping at him 4.0. Matt Nagy wants more than that. Yes. Yes. And Matt Nagy knows that. Again, like, he knows this. He knows this. And there's all sorts of reasons why he's taking the stance with his quarterback situation. I get it. I try to get it at least. I want to try to get it. <laughs> but it doesn't help sometimes. But there's certain limitations to Andy Dalton's game at this point in his career. They're obvious. The numbers are there. The video is there. The tape is there. He is what he is at this point. He's not changing. He's actually getting a little bit worse. So that's why I wouldn't freak out. Now, if I'm wrong about this, I will eat it. But do that's what I'm trying to say. Don't, don't get too upset on a Monday about some gamesmanship. Okay? Because I think I think they're gonna milk this as long as they can. I don't even know if he's gonna announce the starter tomorrow. Like he kind of hinted he might. 
You know, he just knew that was the next time he's talking to the media. So I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But Monday and Tuesday are game planning days in the NFL. And the Raiders had to play last night. So they're cramming today. And now they don't know. You know, now they it, they probably are like us. They probably think it's going to be Justin Fields. But they still have to watch all the Dalton film, too, and be ready for that. And, I'd, I'd ignore it. <laughs> yeah. Save your time. That, that's uh, mean. That's mean. Uh, probably not. That's mean. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that like the Belichick Brady dynamic. I, I just always loved hearing about the stories where they would like review film together and talk about how they're going to attack opposing defenses. Like there's that um, off-use clip of them talking about Ed Reed. You know what I'm talking about? Where they it would have their head coach, not the play caller, the head coach quarterback meeting. I think it was every Tuesday, and they would discuss what they like, what they didn't like, you know, certain opposing players. Like, that could be something Matt Nagy and Justin Fields make a storyline this season and beyond. You know, those discussions. Matt Nagy may not be calling the plays for him, but together they're helping build a game plan, and Bill Lazor comes involved or whoever the play caller is. I mean, that that could be a possibility for the Bears. It really can. I'm not saying they're going to win that many titles, but... This relationship can can evolve in different ways than Matt Nagy probably previously had imagined. I I mean, the, because look at it, look at it the way. What is Matt Nagy getting killed for right now? Why does everybody want him fired? It's the offense. It's the offense. It's it's the position. Honestly, he's put himself in. As. And I mean, the Bears have contributed to and how they hired him and the focus they put on him to to develop Mitchell Trubisky and everything like that. But, you know, Lovey Smith lasted nine years. And how many times did they switch the offensive coordinator? Right. But it's but he was considered a good head coach and he still won games. Now, the winning has dipped a little bit. But since 2018, they've been a 500 team. Right around 500. Always, and that's with a four-game losing streak two years ago, a six-game losing streak last year. You know, It's not been pretty, but it's, this is the argument I've been trying to make for a while. Like I think this is the best thing for his job security. As much as it hurts the pride, and as much as people are going to say if the offense starts working that, oh, it's because he gave up play calling and let, you know, put Justin Fields allowed to take over. Whatever, man. As long as you win football games, you're still going to be the head coach. That that sequence that we just talked about a few minutes ago where he knows Allen Robinson's inbounds but makes the head... And that's probably one of the instances where he you know gets in the headset and goes, Bill, hurry up. Let's go. Let's go. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. You know, like that's the influence you can still have on the offense. But you saw the play on the sideline, so you forced the Lions to call timeout by challenging the play. Like that's that's a really good head coaching play. What's good? That's really the, good yes, stuff. What's good for the offense? What's good for Justin Fields is good for Matt Nagy's job security. It's just the way he's got to view it, right? And I, I, I guess my my looming questions on this is how like how are the Bears? Top decision makers. Even throw Ryan Pace in there too, but I'm talking about George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. How are they processing all this? Because you know they consume everything that's out there, right? You know they're aware of the ridicule. You know they're aware of 
the fans distaste or where they stand on their head coach. And, you know, I'm I'm sure they don't like how the process is playing out for Justin Fields themselves. I'm sure they've had questions for Nagy. How they process this is going to be different than I I think the outside process is this, because I would hope they're dealing with more information, you know, like stuff that we don't see all the time. So, you know, that's a good example that Matt Nagy used that became public, but he has an opportunity to provide his bosses with more of those, right? Does he not? And I think he can provide more of those because he will have more of those if he's the head coach, more so than the play caller. Well, I've always thought that he has not been on as much of a hot seat as like the general public wants to put him on. Because I, I, when you bring in ownership into the conversation, um, first of all, I don't think the GM is going to be firing Matt Nagy. Unless he gets told to from above. Okay. You know, those two still seem like they're in a lockstep. And I think ownership genuinely likes both of them. They did a bad job of defending them at that press conference at the end of last season. But they genuinely think that they're good at their jobs and have done more good than people realize. And and that's I'm not defending that. I'm just saying that that's... That's the thing. And I also think that if they're really going down the stadium road, that Ryan Pace is a good person to have involved in those conversations based on what he did and his influence on the team facility, which turned out to be great. So, like, there's a lot more that goes into it than just the football product, which should be first and foremost, yes. But... When I'm, this is a long way of saying, like, I do think that there is a way, like Matt Nagy may have actually put himself or heated up his own seat with that disaster in Cleveland. Because that was one of the few times where I was like, wow, I don't know if I'm the owner and I'm looking at this. You got to start seriously asking questions. But as we've been saying here on this podcast now for a while, um, you know, if he turns this thing around from a head coaching standpoint, which is, first again, first and foremost, his number one job, then I think he'll be all right. You want to talk about David Montgomery real quick? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> you can't. Um, so we're looking at, what, four, five, six weeks maybe mm-hmm. in terms of an absence. Which, by the way, is phenomenal news. As much as it seems like it sucks right now, if you're the Bears, not this season. If you lost him for the season, that would have been that would have been really, really bad. And really bad for my fantasy team, which is the thing that matters the most. <laughs> you always It's been it's been a bit since you've uh what's what's the saying? It's been a minute since you've uh referred to your fantasy team. Yeah, but just, here we are. First of all, I know people hate hearing about fantasy teams, so when I bring it up, I'm really actually doing it as a joke. It's a yeah, bit. To get them. To get them. I understand. Um knock on what if you're with me. I don't want to say the Bears are going to be okay, but I put this in my five takeaways, Calm. They, they they kind of planned for something like this. They invested more in that position. I, I know some of it might have been potential cover for Tariq Cohen's injury or lack of availability post-injury, which we're seeing come to fruition, but signing Damien Williams, a guy who's been productive in the regular season, in the playoffs, maybe has not had an elongated stretch of being a number one back. But he can do it for a few games. And I don't know about you, Adam, but I I feel like we've talked about this in the podcast. Khalil Herbert from day one has looked like he's belonged 
Yeah. You know, you could just tell, like, I think we had questions about Adam Shaheen a few years ago. You know, some other guys that have come and gone. Um, but since day one, I thought Khalil Herbert, I think the Bears have something in here. That, that's what I've kept writing down in my notebook. Like, the Bears drafted something here. All right, look, two things can be true at the same time. One is running back is still a position where you can get by. You know, it's 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 speaking of fantasy, it's why you can go pick up Alexander Madison on a day where Dalvin cooks out and have a nice day. Okay, get production, get yards, score a touchdown. Okay, you can get by at that position. At the same time, I think we would be doing David Montgomery an enormous disservice if we tried to say Khalil Herbert can fill in for him. Or Damian oh, Williams. Oh, I'm not can fill saying that him. completely, but well, your your first point's still true here, as it, is what I'm getting at. No, 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 I'm saying both are true. Yes, yes. I, I, I'm just saying that David Montgomery des- deserves a ton of credit for how much better he's gotten, how much better he kind of always has been. Now that they're finally using him, you're seeing that. But I'm telling you, his burst this year is different. When you really watch the tape and compare the tapes, his burst... Like, there was one play where I'm pretty sure the, the call was either left or up the middle, and the crease opened up on the right, and he just took off. And that was like the knock on him. You know, if he showed that burst coming out of college, he would have been a first-round pick because he has that contact balance they were always talking about. He doesn't ever go down. He's extremely hard to tackle. And now he's got some speed. I'm not saying it's breakaway speed, but it's good enough that he... He has added an extra element to his game, and there is not a running back on this roster or on most rosters, quite frankly, that check all the boxes that he does right now. So it is an enormous loss. That being said, can they get by for a month? Sure. They can, but I think it's even more reason why Justin Fields should be playing. Yeah. And I've designed some more runs for him, quite frankly. But you got to move those chains. It goes back to what I was talking about earlier with the verticality in the offense and these explosive plays Justin Fields all, all of a sudden throwing out there. Well, that helps you stomach the loss of David Montgomery if the defense has to start worrying about some deep throws and they can't just creep up and sit on all these short routes that you're running with Andy Dalton out there and you inexplicably ran with Justin Fields in Cleveland, Right. If you keep that going, what we saw the other day, not granted it was against the Lions, but you keep that going, that will help the running game regardless who's out there. And I think it's why Damian Williams, when he came in, did a pretty good job. I forget which radio station I was listening to this morning, um, but um, God, was it Dave Wonset? So they had to be the score. Um, they they had asked them if the loss of Montgomery changes your plan at, at quarterback. Like, do you be more cautious? And I think you bring up a good point. The answer is no. He's still your best chance to win the rookie. Justin yeah. Fields just provides you more. Again, for all those air yards we just talked about, the ability to keep safeties honest, that starts with Justin Fields, not Andy Dalton. What did Wani say? I forget. I, it was early. <laughs> So you, wait, so you you're the one who you brought it up. I, I referenced it. Yeah, I think it was David Hall, our good friend David Hall, who brought it up to him. And I'm like, oh yeah, they were talking about that today, but now I can't remember what was said. 
So you remember the question, you don't remember the I, answer. I remember the question. Um, I think Wani, um, God, where, what path was he going down? A- any, anyway. Do your research. I, I don't know if I agree or not with whatever, whatever he said. <laughs> Someone on Twitter help us out. But I would still start Justin Fields. I mean, I can't answer that. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, horse racing. Thanks, John. It's a loss. It's a loss. Um, hey, the Raiders lost. Speaking of that, did you watch the game last night? Yeah, yeah. If I'm Colt Clement and Jimmy Graham, I like what I saw. If I'm Sean Desai, I'm just like, oh, yeah. My, God. my guy, Brandon Staley. Now, for the Raiders, they get to play, you know, the same defense two weeks in a row, different personnel, but same styles. Um, so we'll see what kind of adjustments they make. But uh, Derek Carr, did you, see, yeah, did, Joe, did you see the Joey Bosa quote on Derek Carr? No. What did he say? He basically said, and I'm paraphrasing now, we knew if we hit him that he curls up into a ball. And then he literally pointed out how on the one sack he, he actually did. He did curl up in a ball. I saw that. He did curl up in a ball. <laughs> like Joey mentioned that specifically. And he's like, great dude, great player, but we know what he does when you hit him. So you talk about this Bears pass rush right now. Now, losing to Keem Hicks is not great. But do you know Travis Gibson graded out greater, higher than any player for me? Yeah. When I went yeah. through the film? As good as Robert Quinn was, Travis Gibson was even better. And then you had neither one's Khalil Mack, who still managed to play pretty well on that injured foot. So that right there, I think, is like the equalizer that the Bears have in their back pocket in pretty much any game. Sean Desai is scheming some good things up, man. The games and stunts he's playing up there, when he's getting Cleo Mack on an inside rush against a a running back. Do you see the one where he had uh, three or four guys to the left? I forget it was three or four. He threw three or four guys all the way to the left. Robert Quinn singled on the uh, left tackle, and then there was like a big hole in the middle. But the linebackers were both there to cover those gaps. It's like, that's an interesting formation. I love it. Yeah. Confuse the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, this is where we say goodbye to Adam Johns. He's leaving us for a little bit. <laughs> going away. I am so. not going to Las Vegas. Boo. A, good, a good friend from uh, grade school is getting married. I'm standing up in it. And I will not be parting with... You guys in Las Vegas, you, uh, just do me a favor. That's no, don't care. That sports book, you care, Mitch. That, that sports book where they got the pool and the giant televisions outside. Go enjoy yeah. a cold one for me and watch some college football on Saturday, will you? I, I was going to look into that. I don't know how it works. Like I assume it, it seems like everybody in the world wants to go to that place. Do you, you have to like reserve space? I'm not sure. I'm not I sure. Don't know. I think actually 670 score is going to be there, so find out. Well, I should be able to get it in then. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Bring your swimsuit. Uh, yeah. I do need to find a place to watch the uh, Wisconsin-Illinois game on Saturday. That'll work. In your swimsuit work. in a pool watching on a giant TV. Uh, I'll be honest. I've done zero research into what's... I haven't been to Vegas in like 11 years. Done zero research into what I'll be doing. I think I'll be working since I'm going there to work. And um, not to be a party pooper here. But, um, oh, and I haven't even looked at the weather. 
It's Vegas. How did they have a lightning delay last night when there's a roof on the building? Well, because it's an open air stadium. You know that. So the lightning like comes in like sideways. We've seen <laughs> science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I just find it interesting that there was there was more Raider fans. That part I knew. I mean, the Raiders are still huge in L.A. So there was more Raider fans at the game last night in L.A. against the Chargers, the home team. And there may be more Bears fans than Raider fans in Vegas this week. I mean, Bears fans and Raiders fans. That's what you said? Uh, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, Whatever yeah. I said. There yeah. may be more Bears fans oh, than Raiders fans. Oh, I know a lot of people from here going. Yep. Well, if you're going, make sure. I want to see. You know what? I want to see those Hogan John shirts on the strip. On the strip. Let's see that. Let's see those at, photos. At this the week. tables. If we see those, I think we could probably hook you guys up with the, you know, the free T-shirt coupons. Yeah. So send them in. Send them in. Those are, uh, and if you don't have them, obviousshirts.com is where you go to get our T-shirts. You can check them out there. Um, also, I should mention. Since they're such great partners, you know, the White Sox with their playoff games coming up, they're going to be trying to do blackouts at all their games. Um, and Obvious Shirts has a ton of really good White Sox shirts, too, that are black. Perfect uh, to, to get those for the game since it is October. I'm ready for that. Thursday. Playoff baby. baseball? Thursday. White Sox getting that. Uh, they're getting the, um, the non-Yankees treatment, though. Even though we don't know if the Yankees are going to be playing in the ALDS yet, but the, they're getting all the day games. You know, they're, they're putting that White Sox Astros here, except Sunday night. Oh, it is because, Sunday night because I know there was talk about it crossing over with the Bears. Yeah, so it's like a you got a Sunday, you got a nice doubleheader now. You got the Bears game followed by the White Sox game. It's a great sports day in Chicago, so. right there. Kevin Fishbane will be filling in for Johns while he's gone. Um, enjoy Boston. Say say hello to Tommy for us. Even though he's in Tampa. There you Say go. hello to Bill. Okay, we'll do. Even though he's Mac. in Foxborough. I love Boston. Go to the Union Oyster House while you're there. I've been there a couple times. It's the best. I think last time we were there, we went there. Yeah, I always go there when I go there. It's the best. It's the absolute best. All right, Um. so Kevin will be here Thursday, help previewing the Raiders game, and we'll see if we've got any news on the quarterback situation. Um, and then uh, that's who you'll get to in Las Vegas the post game report so um the fish man it's, it's the fish man week right here on hogan johns fish man in vegas i'm so excited about it adam johns go ahead you don't want to play the kyle long one that one's better i don't know if i have that in front of me right now uh, okay. you just like that one because he gave you credit for picking the uh i did pick the bears that day the only no, person in town <laughs> what else go ahead i'm listening nothing we're out of here matt Talk to you guys on Thursday. See you next week. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Um, Good, Adam.